This is the Most of Musa podcast number five. Today in the studio, I have my friends Clara and Destiny. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So let's go deep. My first question to Destiny is, how many threats and hate messages do you get? Death threats, I've only received one thus far. It was very unpleasant. But uh, hate messages, I get them daily, you can say. But, you know, it is what it is. You just learn not to take them personally and just to block them and, you know, not look at them. Do you respond to those or do you just look at them and no, block them? No, it's no meaning at all to respond to them. They serve no pur- it, it doesn't serve any purpose to respond to haters because they, o- they already have their, you know, perception set. So the only ones I respond to is those have willing to have a discussion, a genuine discussion, you know, about ideologies and ideas and exchange of thoughts. I'm more than willing to participate in those. But when it just comes to, you know, empty hate messages, there's no purpose of me engaging in that, you know, so I don't respond. So you guys wanted to start your own podcast about politics. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to balance it? Were you both going to like, did you have in mind to balance it out? Like Destiny is going to speak conservative points and Clara is going to speak more liberal points. Or were you going to just like... You had didn't have anything specific, and you were just gonna. Sometimes you will be the conservative one, mm-hmm. and sometimes you'll be the liberal one. I think we're pretty similar in our mm-hmm. views and on, in our ideologies. We're both pretty conservative, I guess. It's just that Claire doesn't identify with the the party that I'm active in, Sverige Demokraterna, mm-hmm. the Sweden Democrats. But other than that, we're pretty similar. Yeah, we had an idea of uh, taking in guests that have other opinions than we do and have a discussion with them. Uh, but we're not having the podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're yeah. joining your podcast instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a substitute. Yeah. Maybe you can be my second and third guest from now on. Yeah, <laughs> or why like not? hosts. <laughs> yeah. But so that that was how we were going to balance it out, mm-hmm. you know, by uh, inviting guests that think differently than us. I had a photo shoot like a month ago with this model and then when I asked her hey what do you do and then she was yeah I work in this political party and she was hesitant she didn't want to talk to me which political party and then I said hey I don't judge whatever mm-hmm. I'm not really into post- Swedish politics mm-hmm. she said okay I'm in uh, Swedish what's the Swedish Democrats yeah, no yeah right. how do you know her <laughs> We're in the same maybe party. we should name drop her <laughs> even I know her I'm uh-huh. not in party uh, <laughs> yeah. okay uh, I don't know. We should name drop her, but she is coming to the podcast. Uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, in the future. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, nowadays you can like see people being more hesitant to be more open about their political views, especially like conservatives. Mm-hmm. I don't think I consider myself a conservative or a liberal. Some views I can say are conservative. Some views I have I can say that are liberal. I guess that's with most people. You're not just one thing. That's really healthy to not like identify with one ideology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if I do, I don't judge other people. I don't say, oh, 100%. just because you have a different view, you are wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, even I think that even is true for me and Clara, that there are some points that we fully don't agree with. And that's completely human, you know. Even with religion and whatever ideology you follow, there's always something you're going to question and not, you know, feel 100% with, I think. Mm-hmm. But as you said, regardless if you feel... 50% or 100% with something, it's not in our position to judge anyone who thinks uh, the opposite way or differently than you. Yeah, it's really important to understand why people have the opinions they have because everyone comes from different backgrounds mm-hmm. and they have their reasons. Different experiences and 
different upbringings and differing views on the world. And it's natural that they're going to have a different perception of of things, how they work and how they should work. And, you know, have you both lost any friends because of your views? Not any meaningful friendships. I haven't lost. No, I have had like uh, co-workers that I used to work with or acquaintances here and there that I used to follow that haven't followed me, you know, petty stuff like that. But no. Oh, I've lost a lot of friends, like especially childhood friends. Unfortunately, they've been like they've um, accepted a few things and been like, oh, "Okay, you, I, I don't resonate with you on this question, but we can still be friends." But then, like all of a sudden, like, "Oh, you're a Trump supporter, and I'm bisexual, so we can't be friends." And I'm like, "Okay, that's weird, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess that's a you problem mm-hmm. and not a me problem." Mm-hmm. So speaking of Trump, like I wanted to ask a question: Why does the whole world revolve around so much about American politics? Like everything we inherit from American politics, if there are, like even this concept of liberalism and conservative, whatever, that's also adopted from the American system. Think like a conservative in Sweden is probably a liberal in the Americans' point for of sure, view. For sure, for sure, it's not the same at all in Sweden as it is in in the states. As I've understood it in Sweden, being conservative is being anti PC, uh, political correctness. That's basically what it stands for, and there has not basically I shouldn't say there are you know more more depth to it like the the literal meaning of conservatism which Clara knows more about she can tell you like the exact definition of it and what it stands for but in Sweden it revolves more around being anti PC yeah it's more about culture and the social norms in our mm-hmm. society I think being conservative in the U S also has to do a lot with your private life. Like if you practice casual sex or not, if you get a baby before getting married, things like that. And Sweden is not so associated with your private life. More Very few that are conservative in the politics are conservative in their par- uh, private lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. And back to your question about Trump and how everything in the world world revolves around Trump. I think it it's because um, America has such a big place and the world trade and world politics mm-hmm. and they have such a big impact on everything especially on media like media and trade and economics America. everything you don't see like chinese movies on netflix mm-hmm. <laughs> you do no. <laughs> not <laughs> as yeah they're not as popular yeah. yeah plus also like all the social media that we're using facebook twitter instagram everything is made in america mm-hmm. yeah, exactly well now tiktok is taking the lead <laughs> <laughs> what drove you to liking this swedish democrats because from my perspective i don't know much about swedish politics mm-hmm. but uh when i was in high school i remember when the during the refugee crisis this whole thing when it was happening then the election were around the same time and then i started hearing about these different political parties and then the only notion i got from the swedish democrats okay these are the racists mm-hmm. and they hate immigration and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and then social democrats and the, all the other parties are like pro, uh, pro they're and good they're like they're good they're the good people they're mm-hmm. the heroes and mm-hmm. then the swedish democrats are the evil people so what did you what drove you to liking the swedish Democrats or what what um, policies of theirs do you mm-hmm. like? So the the easy answer is to why I like Swedish Democrats is that I agree with their policies and um, their politics matches my ideas and thoughts the most. Long answer would be that I've always I've also heard this 
it's it's impossible to to avoid this picture of uh, Sverigedemokraterna that they're racist and they're the bad people. But I'm a very big critical thinker. So when I first started hearing about it, I went to YouTube and listened to the debates that they have in the parliament, and I read articles, and I went to their website, and I read what are they about, you know, and I listened to speeches, I listened to debates, and everything that I could get my hands on, basically, to um, to develop my picture about them. And then I came to the conclusion that this, these are the people I think will uh, have the be- the best impact on my country, which mm-hmm. I've the latest years uh, have seen, you know, getting more and more destroyed by uh, irresponsible politics and policies, especially when it comes to immigration. It's really sad to see because I can- I come from a family of immigrants, you know, and uh, <laughs> but they're. <laughs> quote unquote, the good kinds, you know, they come here and they see Sweden as their country mm-hmm. and want to provide and want to make it a, a good country. You know, they go to work, le- learn the language and everything you need to do to contribute, you know, to make it a better society. And it's so sad to see that, you know, people that come from the same countries as my parents or one of my parents, they have or same area as them. They have, uh, you know, little by little made it worse and worse and uh, unsafe place uh for women especially to be in. And this is not the Sweden I want my kids to grow up in. It's not the Sweden I want to continue living in, you know. I And I thought that Sverigedemokraterna, they will have the best, uh, like, solution for that. Mm-hmm. They're also the only party that actually addresses the problem and mm-hmm. don't, like, cover it in pretty words and try to make yeah. it something. It's not. Uh, but actually for me, <laughs> when I first heard about the Sweden Democrats when I was, like, in um, primary school, uh, I I was really against them, mm. like because everyone else was, and they weren't so popular. If you see like how many votes they they had then versus now, now they're uh, Sweden's third biggest party, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was totally against them, and if someone would say that they voted for the Sweden Democrats, I would be like, no, fuck you, I can't be your friend, mm. because I was a little kid. But now. Also, because they have more votes and it's been more like okay to have their opinions and think as they do, it's totally like changed the perspective. But there's still a lot of people that are like, yeah, if you vote on them, we can't be mm. friends. What is their like specific immigration policy that that the other po- parties are not considering? The thing, the problem is that now other parties, most parties, are now considering their um, they've solutions. Adopted it. They've they they've mm-hmm. adapted their you know their policies, um, but they still don't want to talk to them, and they still call them names and whatnot, which is very dishonest, you know, not genuine at all. Which is also why I like uh, this parties because they always stand their ground. They always they don't take any shit, you know. What they stand for, they will stand for, no matter what backlash they get from it. But back to your question about what their policies are, it's basically that it shouldn't be easy, first of all, to get a Swedish citizenship. You should have to fight for it, as it should be in every country. You being, you know, physically in in a place doesn't shouldn't grant you um, citizenship and all the benefits that comes with holding a citizenship. You should learn the language. You should adapt the culture. You should see Sweden as your home, you know, as your Mm -hmm. as your country. Not to say that you should forget everything mm-hmm. from your past life. You could have like, um, they call it the bindestrek identitet. Like you can be like Swedish Pakistani, you know. I still have, I you know, I'm not fully Swedish. Mm-hmm. I actually don't have any Swedish blood at all in me. 
I still consider myself Swedish, but I can't forget like the the parts from Lebanon and Russia. You mm-hmm. know, I still have some you know identities from those countries and cultures, but I still see Sweden as my home. You know, mm-hmm. and I think when people come here, they should be grateful. Like this great country took me into their arms and embraced me. You know, and now I have a new chance in life, so I should you know give back now. Um, and if you compare it to the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, Like the immigrants, when they get their citizenships, they're so happy. They're mm. celebrating Fourth of July. They're calling themselves yeah. Americans, even if they're not even born there. Mm. But here, like even the ethnically Swedes are afraid to be happy about their and show pride and show pride. I mean, you come from Pakistan, and mm. there it's really common that you're really patriotic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. One thing I found really disturbing, or not disturbing, mostly surprising, that. Uh, there was a case where a student had a phone case which had the Swedish flag, and then the school like fined him or like punished him just because it was a form of nationalism mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm not sure. If, like I don't I know if it's true or not, yeah. but I've heard s- similar cases, and it's like s- for me, who's like Pakistan, especially that, like you said, it's really patriotic. Mm-hmm. I'm a proud Pakistani, mm-hmm. just because I'm here in Sweden. Like I am grateful to be here, and uh, I love the country and what they've like. Sweden has done a lot more for me than Pakistan did, mm. and I'm grateful and I'm proud to uh, live here as well. And I'm uh, just because I love this country for what they've done to me doesn't mean oh all the other countries are bad or all that. Or other that you should forget. Are, yeah, or that you sh- for, should forget your home country. Yeah. You know? Why do I have to choose one? Why you don't? I, yeah. And it's uh, many people will say that are. Or no, I'm not gonna say are my or like the Sweden Democrat leader, Jimmy Åkesson, will have a problem with that. But he's said or you know confessed or whatever you want to say that he doesn't have a problem with people having double identities mm-hmm. like that because that's not a threat. That's not a problem at all. Just see Sweden as you know a piece of you, and because that that's the only way I think uh, it's going to be possible for people to contribute to a society if they feel like they're a part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're only going to feel a part of it if they contribute, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the cycle. If you don't feel like you're a part of society, you would you will never feel to contribute to it and make it better mm-hmm. because you feel left out, you know. So I think it's really an advantage for immigrants uh, with this rhetoric that you should take Sweden as your your country. You know, you should feel like you're a part of us, and you can only do that if you teach them how to, not give them the cold hand, mm-hmm. not show them. What Swedish norms are, traditions and values, because fact of the matter is that not everyone holds Swedish values, especially from countries that are far away from Sweden. You know, even Norway has different cultures, have different culture than Sweden. Then you can only imagine Afghanistan how how different their values mm. are, or Lebanon, or Mongolia, Japan. You name it. The you problem know. is that like the social democrats and part of the like close to them they don't see the cultural sorry come a bit closer to them i I can bring the mic to you (laughs) so a big part of the problem is that uh, parties like social democrats they don't like to address the differences uh, between cultures because i don't say that any cultures or values are better or worse than the other but They don't see like when they took a lot of uh, Serbian and Bosnian and Yugoslavian people in during the war when they had like uh, in the 90s. It, it worked because they have similar values to Sweden, even though like a lot of cultural and values. Oh, fun. 
I don't know the word for it. Say på svenska. Om man tar kulturkrock. Culture clash. Cultural yeah. clash. That's yeah. the word for it. So when they took in a lot of uh, Yugoslavians, um, mm-hmm. there was cultural clashes, but still, like the main values were the same. But if you take in people with different values and don't like give it time to learn them how we do things in Sweden, like you can't expect them just to know mm-hmm. everything. There's just a small example of a cultural difference. If you go to um, any queue system in Sweden, you can go to the store to the passport control, and you see how the lines are lined up and how they're structured. They're very nice. It's a straight mm-hmm. line, no question about it. And and if anyone deviates from the structure, you're going to get looks. I've been to the passport control in Lebanon and in Pakistan. And many passport oh but but, but those Not are just passport control yeah, anywhere. anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked. I was like, "Oh, just, you know, that's a small example, you know, of how people stand in queues and in lines, you know. And then just imagine how with bigger examples mm-hmm. like uh, opinions on what your if your girl if your daughter can have a boyfriend or not mm-hmm. you know which are, which have bigger impacts you know because mm-hmm. you can argue that if how you stand in line is not you know doesn't have such an impact but only there you can see that there's a cultural difference and you can only imagine in bigger examples you know so there's no need and it's pretty dangerous i think to ignore cultural differences and pretend as if they don't exist mm-hmm. you have to address them you have to identify them and if they're harmful to to our values that we have in sweden and we don't want to compromise with them you we shouldn't like compromise with them and then you and you should do something about it you know left leaning people mostly say oh we're all the same and uh, we're all accepting but that's not that's not right you should say okay we're all different but it's okay to be different exactly <laughs> Okay, an argument against what you said is mm-hmm. a person doesn't choose where they're born, what nationality they are. So if a person is born in Afghanistan, Pakistan, whatever, and they come to Sweden, mm-hmm. why do they need to adopt the language? Like, let's say I'm paying my taxes, I'm doing the work, I follow the rules, mm-hmm. but why do I have to adopt certain culture and uh why do i have to learn the language if one i'm okay with speaking english and at the same time in some countries uh, like you can say syria or iraq where sweden supplies weapons to them and the war that's waging on over there people are immigrating because of sweden mm-hmm. so they can say yeah you're sweden in the first place they helped bring the conflict to my country and the mess of my life and my dad my parents life mm. So you owe me in return. So mm-hmm. I should be free to come to the it should be easy to come to Sweden instead of being hard. Okay. So there are two parts to that question. The first one I think was why should a, an immigrant adapt if they're doing everything right, mm. right? The simple answer to that I think would be they chose to come here. If they wanted to continue speaking their language or having the their culture which they can have on the side you know there are plenty of countries including their own which has it that way um i can take an example only when i'm traveling another example pakistan because th- that is a country which is very um uh different and very yeah. you know in contrast to sweden no one told me destiny travel to pakistan and stay there for two weeks it was my choice mm. and then i have to follow the norms you know I'm also following the rules and speaking English, you know. Mm-hmm. But if I want to feel more like I'm respecting and being in- inclusive or being included and, you know, as a whole even if I'm just a guest there, 
that's a, that's the right thing for me to do. You know, when I was in the market, because uh, there are you don't have to wear the hijab in in Pakistan, mm-hmm. but there are certain places where it's the norm or it's like. We're expected to do it. It's expected. Uh, and such places are the market. And there's no question. I put it on and I cover my hair because no one asked me to go there. Mm-hmm. Even though I don't know Urdu fluently, I did my best to speak it with everyone, to be to show respect and, you know, to feel like I'm a part of you guys, even though I'm just a guest, because I chose to come here. Does that make sense? Yeah, you chose to do it. But what gives the government the right to impose a law or you need to speak a certain level of Swedish to be to have the Swedish passport or something like that. I totally agree with you there because it's like a dream of mine that I want like all immigrants that come here to speak Swedish and be a part of the country but when it comes to what the government actually should do and not to do uh, you to give you a passport and a citizenship I just think like if you pay your taxes and do your thing uh, you should get your citizenship and it's all well as long as you don't break any laws or anything. But, of course, I would love to if everyone would, um, like, try to learn and speak Swedish. Mm-hmm. I think the difference is, is for their sake, you know, so they feel included uh, in the society. Because mm-hmm. even I, even though I know a little bit of Urdu and I, you know, I can go not far, but I can go somewhere with it, you know, I still didn't feel you know, as included and, you know, as part of it. Mm-hmm. Again, even though I'm just a guest there, mm-hmm. it's not a pleasant feeling to feel like an outsider. And I feel like, and I and I think that if you, or I know that if you feel like an outsider for a long time, that's that's going to have negative consequences. Yeah, it's, it's very polarizing. It's going to be polarizing. But although, should it be forced? Like, if you want to it's learn. It's not forced little. because no one, no one asks you to come to Sweden. There are many countries for you to go to. You don't have to come to Sweden. You can, if you want to only speak English, you can go to Great Britain. You can go to the States, Australia, New Zealand. I don't care. You can go to many places. No one. That's the thing. No one is forcing you. But I think that should be a requirement, you know, at least give it a try. At least show that you're willing to adapt to the country that you've chosen to come to. I'm trying to think. Don't they have like Mr. Um, Mankarov? Uh, Requirements. Requirements that you go to SFE Swedish for immigrants to get, like, when you have your upholstery on, like, what's that? Permanent means? residence. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure about the policies. I but guess there are different requirements for different kind of visas. Mm, probably. I guess you should know more uh, about I, that. I have a working visa, so my requirements are I have to pay a certain amount of tax every month. Like, okay. my salary okay. has to reach a certain amount. Okay. There's no language barrier or language requirement or anything. But I, not to act as the host now. But, no, no, no. But I'm you as a agreement, immigrant to Sweden um, who has learned a lot of the language, mm-hmm. I suppose, because you always understand when I talk in Swedish because you're always like laughing or, you know, saying something no, wrong. I, yeah, I understand a lot of it. So, yeah. So, like, what made you want to learn Swedish if it wasn't all like involuntarily? No, my part was mostly voluntarily because I'm, I consider myself mostly a libertarian, which is uh, people should be free to do whatever they mm-hmm. want unless it's like hurting, uh, hurting mm-hmm. myself or other people. So learning Swedish was completely my own choice because, I mean, learning a language is a really good skill to have just uh, in general. Mm-hmm. Plus also uh, not like everywhere people don't speak English. So it's, you feel more comfortable talking to other people when you're in a friend's group and everyone is speaking in- Swedish, then you want to be in- feel included and in everything. Mm-hmm. But I don't want it to be forced on me. Yeah, I really agree. I think you would win more if you somehow made it like... Um, 
from a, a cultural point of view, um, like a good thing to speak Swedish rather than an enforcement from the government? Well, I see how it how it would be hard to enforce any like incentive to learn Swedish just by you know just by interest, mm. and that would it would be uh, maybe more helpful to enforce a, a requirement or a policy mm-hmm. of of some sort. I think that's a I really think that's a minimum if you if you expect to have a, a citizenship in a country and get access to all the benefits that such a good and rich country as Sweden can provide its citizens with healthcare and school and uh, bidrag how do you say that in english but for example when you go to school, social services and yeah, everything yeah when you go to CSN like we get a hefty mm-hmm. bidrag you know from yeah. f- for just attending university when many countries they pay and they're in debt their whole lives you know mm-hmm. for going to university so Sweden is a great country to be in so i think the minimum is to at least try to learn Swedish and I, I don't think that can be enforced in any way than the government requiring it. Mm. Yeah, also like just because uh, we don't see a problem with, for example, people like you that are working and like you don't go to the SFE to learn Swedish but if you, for example, go to Skärholmen or Rinkebetjänsta, you see like total different societies that are just 10 minutes from the inner mm. city that are totally different like you can't go there as a girl wearing shorts you can't go there you can't go into a store talking swedish you have to speak arabic and it's it's like a different country from sweden and that's when it becomes a problem when it's like so concentrated with people from these countries that doesn't want to learn Swedish and they have like their own laws and their mm-hmm. own little countries and I think that's very dangerous mm-hmm. and and I just want to add in that much isn't to blame on these people because they've been put here exactly. they didn't decide where they were going to end up when they came to Sweden because they as many people I can imagine who come to Sweden thought I'm going to come to Sweden I'm going to have a new life and I'm going to mm-hmm. start over and Sweden is a successful big country and I'm going to be part of it now and they end up in these in the in the outer city where people from their countries live as well mm. and no other Swedish people live there get a suburbs what do you expect to happen that they're gonna uh, you know get this big interest to learn Swedish from themselves many you know there are instances where, uh, that, of people who do who think that what the heck what the heck I'm in Sweden now like you know I'm gonna be a part of it but I can sympathize with people who are put in these situations, Mm -hmm. you know, like, what the hell? Like, I came to Sweden for, you know, a new life, and I don't feel like I'm a part of it now. And as a kid, you grew up watching criminality all around you, and you see that that's the easy way. And also, like, as a norm in these societies, in these suburbs, it's like the cool thing is very much status to be a criminal to be like a bit of a gangster. And that's very dangerous because it's like a totally different... D- different like culture than we have here in the inner city and I grew up in these kind of areas with immigrant parents although I was born here but and, and like I don't want to say that these kids they're like they're so poor and they can't do anything for themselves because that would also be bad of me because I'm from that background and I still did something of myself but politicians have such a bit bigger impact and bigger uh, responsibility to do something about that because they're not giving the best, like, uh, how do you say, förutsättningar. <laughs> <laughs> now you're thinking, ah, oh, Musa should have been forced to learn Swedish. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> This is what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Possibilities, can't you say, I can't say. Yeah, mm-hmm. like possibilities, like that you're given. Opportunities. Yeah. 
Yeah, something like that. I don't think it's that word, but it's the mm-hmm. it's the most similar word I can think of right now. No, I, I yeah, I agree. You know, in that sense, where I don't like when people from other countries come to Sweden, for example, and then are doing the same exact shit that they used to do here. You're supposed to come here, start a new life, mm-hmm. follow the right path. You're not supposed to start doing the all the bad stuff that you're doing. That was allowed in your country. It's not allowed here. And then you're still trying to do them like people who like who get this amazing opportunity to come to this great country and they're still looking for black jobs or mm-hmm. I mean, in some cases, they don't have any choice. But when they actually make the choice of going uh, on a bad path mm-hmm. or like just being disruptive. Yeah, it's OK to have their own culture and their own kind of thinking, but they shouldn't like force other people to do it. And then even if they're not physically forcing you, you're still being judged mm-hmm. uh, by it. Like, as you mentioned, if you go to like those places in the sub, what do you call it? Suburbs. Yeah, in, uh, the outskirts of the city. Mm-hmm. And then you're feeling judged because you're being Swedish and you're not being the whatever the culture that they're mm-hmm. perpetuating there. Yeah, it was some weeks ago. I was walking in uh, in Suana Station by the Pendeltog. I was waiting for the train. And I was walking past these Arab men when they uh, yell whore at me in Arabic, which, of course, you don't have to be Arab to understand mm. uh, or, or speak Arabic to understand because it's a very, you know, very well used word here in Sweden by now. And, you know, I can only imagine that it w- it's because, you know, I was I was wearing maybe tight pants or, you know, maybe blonde or not covering enough, mm. you know, and. Suana is not in the outskirts. Outskirts or not, no woman or girl, anyone should feel, should think when they come home, should I have cover to avoid this today? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with you when you say that you you should be able to practice your culture how much you want to as long as it doesn't affect other people. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do in your home is up to you. Uh, you can pray, you can you can uh, celebrate Eid or Holi or whatever mm. other tradition or celebration you have in your culture. That's totally fine. But don't bring your negative norms and and social value or values or behaviors that uh, can inflict on other people's you know dangerous for other people. Yeah, I totally agree with you. But the really interesting question here is: Who are we to say that their values are negative and that our values are better than theirs? I mean, from their point of view, mm-hmm. like if they're grown up with values and culture that. Uh, women should cover up and cover their hair, for example. And when they come here, like especially in the summer, and they see like half-naked girls everywhere, mm. of course they're gonna think we're whores. I mean, that's not weird that that's going on in their head. The problem is when they actively take action on those thoughts. Mm. But who are we like to say that theirs, that their thoughts are? worse than ours i mean they have the right to think whatever like i'm a bitch you're a whore whatever but they don't have the right to actually say it to you Mm. or to offend you so it becomes negative or wrong when you're actually enforcing or perpetuating what's the 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 right word take action on the thing and you're enforcing your ideas onto other people they should be more accepting okay they're more liberal and a person can be a homosexual while in my culture that's banned but i'm not gonna say it to them it's okay to think whatever you want to think but yeah you keep let it to other yourself. people yeah you live the way you want to live and you let other people 
there how are, they want to live. Yeah, there are many people who live a life opposite of what I consider to be right or correct. But I'm no one to say that they shouldn't live their life like that. And to go back to your question, Clara, who are we to say that our culture is better or, or you know, they shouldn't practice it or whatever? You know, the f- first part of the question is it also ties into what Moses said, that no one has the right to be mean to anyone, you know, regardless of it's a culture, cultural matter or not. The second part of the answer to that question is we are Sweden, you know, and we have our cultural standards and we have our values here. And, you know, you knowing that or not, you don't have it goes back to what I said before. No one forced you to come here. Right. Exactly. I know that totally these men agree. were Arab because they were yelling at me in Arabic and I understand Arabic. So, you know, if they have their strong values and they think they are right and they love them so much. They're not only their home country. There are many people in the in many countries in the Middle East and even outside the Middle East that has this, you know, middle age mentality that girls should cover up from head to toe. And if if not, they're whores, you know, and they can go there. No one forced them to come here. So that's who we are to tell that our culture is better. Exactly. <laughs> you know. In an idealistic liberal world, all the, there would be no borders. But that's not realistic, really. Uh, in reality, if you open the borders you are going to have bad people come in you are going to have criminals come in but people tend to think oh if we open up the we should open up the borders to these middle eastern or whatever there's like wars or whatever bad stuff is going on in other country we should open up their borders mm. i mean yeah because you should open up their borders in a way because those are human beings as well and they deserve better life which they don't have in their own country mm-hmm. but you should also put in regulations to ensure that only the right people are coming other people who are doing bad shit in their own country and they're planning to do the same thing over here you put a stop to those people I agree. but in an idealistic liberal world they will say oh no mm-hmm. everyone should come in no these are these are people in bad circumstances Uh, realistic liberal word (laughs) so what i what our government did is that they only took into consideration the first half of what you said that they are humans too and that Mm -hmm. they deserve a better life they completely ignored the other part if they were bad people in their Mm -hmm. in their home countries if they were rapists or murderers or whatever Mm -hmm. that we shouldn't take them in they completely ignored to do checkups or taking into consideration what they were doing before which you know i agree with you to a certain extent that you know if they are you know good people and they want to make good for themselves in this country and they want to bring this country forward you are more than welcome my parents were one of those people and i know many immigrants are like those mm-hmm. there are more immigrants that are like mm-hmm. those than the opposite but you can't you know uh, ignore the opposite side and those who have been destructive for this country and uh, but as it's looking now we don't have any room for you know more third world immigration because mm-hmm. it's got into the state where we don't know how to take control of it anymore. We've lost control completely because we have these suburbs that are completely polarized from the central society or what we consider to be the Swedish society, you know. And um, they've, you know, grown so thick into Swedish society now. So we have to first take control of that before we can take in exactly. any more. Mm-hmm. And many people find that offensive and racist and you know 
And I, I, I quite it I don't understand that. It wouldn't be nice that. to let other people in, like if we have so much criminality and like mm-hmm. if you look at statistics of rape and bombings in Sweden, like why should we take in more people? But also another interesting point, uh, like aspect is who is going to fix their countries? If we take everyone here, it's often the people with a little bit more money that has the opportunity to come to Europe and come to Sweden. Mm-hmm. Who are Who is going to fix their country? Is it going to be possible to live there like anytime soon or in 50 years at all? Like if everyone is coming to Europe, what's going to happen there? This is what uh, Sverigedemokraterna actually suggests that instead of taking big populations of broken countries to Sweden, it's actually better to help them there and build the country over there, mm-hmm. send help there, because it is hard to move a whole established life everything you know, your roots, to a different country. It's your culture, your language, your family, your friends, your hometown. Everything is, you know, lost. Mm -hmm. I don't think many people want that. I know for sure that, you know, my parents, if they had a choice, you know, to live in a successful country where they were from, they would have chosen that. Mm -hmm. Now I'm lucky they came here. Otherwise, I wouldn't have (laughs) been alive, you know. But I think that is to prefer Yeah, nothing we're saying is so black and white. Everything is of like course. so complicated. Like who is going to regulate? Who is going to check? Okay, a person coming from Afghanistan is a, used to be a criminal. Like in those kind of country where you're getting all these refugees from, mm-hmm. you can. it's easy to fake paper, fake your age, fake your identity, whatever. Many people come without paper. Yeah, exactly. So the, it's so complicated to actually check who had a criminal past or not. And uh, what else did we talk about? <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> we've been touching no, a like, lot of stuff. Fixing, like, yeah, it's it's good. Like Sweden uh, in 2015 was the refugee crisis, right? Mm-hmm. The, and because of the Syrian situation and everything. And then Sweden took like so many refugees and everyone in the international media was praising Sweden. Oh, they're being so nice and everything. They have this good image. While uh, you and I know we are living here that Sweden didn't have the proper resources to manage those people once they're here. Mm. So people outside wouldn't know that uh, if and Sweden now, if they stop getting immigrants, then people outside are going to say, hey, they're being hypocrites now. First, they're accepting while they don't know the reality mm-hmm. and the government doesn't show like everything. Okay, like it's like you're inviting a lot of guests, like homeless people into your home and then everyone is praising you outside. Your neighbors are praising you. Oh, look, they're su- mm-hmm. doing such a good job. But nobody knows that there's no food for those homeless people inside your home. There's no heat. There's no electricity. You're starving yourself. Actually, actually what's been going on in Sweden for most part is that Taking this metaphor that you're using, um, saying that, you know, Sweden is a house and we're a family here and we're taking in guests from other houses that are, you know, or not houses, they're homeless people, as you said. Um, What's been happening in Sweden is that we're giving most of our resources to these homeless people and the family members who were here to build the house, to build the foundation of this house and made sure that there were resources in the beginning are getting less and less and less. Mm. And that's what's been happening with our senior citizens um, in Sweden, that um, they're getting less prioritized when we're taking in more and more immigrants because Mm. money has to go somewhere, you know? And I think that if we can't feed our own first, we can't feed others. And you can you can argue like who are we to prioritize between people? That's what a budget is about. It's all it's always about prioritizing. Mm. And I think if we are prioritizing because we have to, then of course The first one on the list should be the ones who built this country up and made sure that it is such a good country for the com- coming generations. Yeah, it sucks that 
if a person is living here their whole like 50 years and they're paying taxes they're doing such a hard work and then you see like some other guy come from another country and uh, they're being prioritized instead of you also to contributing to that metaphor with the house it's like you you take them in and you give them like food and electricity but you put them all all the homeless people just in the same room and you don't like invite them over you, to you see don't the rest invite of the family them, members. Yeah, you don't invite them over to the living room to sit mm-hmm. down and speak mm-hmm. and ask what's your story how mm-hmm. did you come here mm-hmm. you just put them in the room and you don't want to see them but you just want the praise exactly. from their neighbors that's the problem like you you haven't put the foundation uh, to the immigrants so that they have the possibilities to integrate correct. I mean, a lot of them have as my family, as your family, mm-hmm. but the foundation hasn't been like the easiest to come mm-hmm. into the society. Yeah, there's a word for it. Um, virtue signaling. That's what like the government is doing. It's called virtue signaling. They're just showing, oh, look, I, exactly. like when you people on doing vlogs, hey, look, I'm giving money to this homeless yeah. people. Exactly. Yeah. But it's like a lot of people from uh, like example Southern Mountain where I live they love to like brag about how they're voting for like Miljöpartiet and Socialdemokraterna mm-hmm. and they're giving away money to charity but as soon as they see someone from another country or like someone that's from these suburbs we were talking about they get really afraid it's nervous like, start yeah, sweating yeah, it's mm-hmm. like my cousin's family my cousin she's half Swedish half Serbian and she's dating a, a man from Iraq and her family is like Oh no! The Swedish side, yeah, the Swedish side is like, oh, but also the Serbian side we're also concerned uh, because he's from Iraq and we have like our uh, pre-judgmental thoughts uh, of people from Iraq. But as soon as like our side of the family met him, we really embraced him. But the Swedish family are really like scared that she's he's like maybe hitting her mm-hmm. or making her like I don't know cover up or whatever like that he's controlling her because that that's are their um, like, stereotypes. Yeah, stereotypes. But all, like, still, although they have these stereotypes, they will still brag about them being good people and we love immigrants and we vote for this party like to take in more uh, immigrants and everything. I mean, mm. that's when it clashes. Mm. I think- White people, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so the party in power right now are the Social Democrats. Together with Miljöpartiet. Yeah. And oh. Or Centen and Liberal also. Yeah, Centen and Liberal. Like, it's like yeah. an alliance, right? They sold their soul to social democrats to be in the, <laughs> because they're not in line with the. They were in line with mm-hmm. the moderates and Christian Just to be in power, they. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And just not to uh, talk to the Sweden Democrats as well. Just mm-hmm. very childish. So, which are their policies that you don't agree with? Oh, I guess most of them. I guess most of them, yeah. but which is like completely opposite of what you believe in. The, the thing that I find very repulsive is their attitude towards Sverigedemokraterna, and it's not. It's not only because you know I have such a big pride, and I'm so you know I I have such a strong sense of belonging towards Sverigedemokraterna. And whoever speaks against them, you know, I am also against them. It's not that. It's really tells you a lot about the amount of backbone they have, which is none. They are. Wherever the wind goes, mm-hmm. they will go toward, you know? I can't stand that. Mm-hmm. Whenever a member from their party messes up, they will do the bare minimum, if anything at all, to stand up against it or to speak publicly about it. As soon as someone from our party messes up, we take it so seriously and we, you know, kick them out. 
as soon as as soon as we can, you know, because we don't we don't tolerate it, which is a very big conception about uh, Sverigedemokraterna. Anyway, so it's uh, it is, you know, also about policies that I don't agree with. But the thing that makes me really, you know, uh, feel this, you know, not disgust, but something like that towards the opposition yeah. towards yeah, them. Yeah, it's it's their attitude, really, mm-hmm. and their uh, principles and their morals, mm-hmm. which I find uh, non-existent, to be honest. Yeah, like um, they can't even collaborate in like simple questions. Like they don't want even to speak with them. That's a big problem. But today, Liberalerna actually opened up to speaking with uh, Sverigedemokraterna mm-hmm. and opening up. But it also even, you know, whoever wants to speak with us, it's it's positive. You know, we're not going to say no just because you spoke bad about us. You know, two months ago, we're not. It's not like that. Our best interest is to bring this country forward. So whoever wants to speak with us, we're grateful. But last week or even this week, I think they she had a debate, uh, the leader, Niamco Sabuni, with uh, Jimmy Okeson, the leader of Liberalena. You're racist. You're here. You're there. We will never, you know, uh, collaborate with you. We will never speak with you. And within the same week, you change your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, what does it tell you about the party? What does it tell you about their principles and their backbone? It's because they are below the um, the requirement to stay in the parliament, which is four percent. They are now in current mapping um, like measurements or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. they're falling uh, around two percent, mm-hmm. which is like record low. I just have to say th- something, and you might have to delete this later because I'm quite sure I read that they're opening up to have like an as a regering with Moderaterna and Kristdemokraterna, and that they say that they said also today we will never uh, samarbeta with uh, Sverigedemokraterna. Mm-hmm. It's possible that they change their mind. I don't know. Yeah, politics is a very, very <laughs> slimy, slimy shady yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah, it goes back and forth a lot, but uh, fact of the matter is that they. They just turn wherever they uh, they can get the most votes and where mm. they can get the power. Yeah. It's sad that they like a lot of the parties, as we mentioned earlier, has adopted some policies from the Sweden Democrats. But although they like still they don't want to talk to them or collaborate, like in even the smallest questions. And that's very childish, actually. It's very sad. You know, because we because we touched on uh, requirements to speak Swedish. They stood to minister minister. Morgan Johansson uh, of Social Democrats, he before tweeted out about Sverigedemokraterna's suggestion to have uh, a requirement of knowing Swedish before you get uh, the citizenship. He tweeted out about that like years ago, that it's Mm -hmm. racist and whatnot. And how can you even put up with a suggestion like this to make the suggestion himself, Mm -hmm. you know, years (laughs) later and then deleting the tweet, you know. So it's everyone is, you know, taking after Sverigedemokraterna, whether you like Sverigedemokraterna or not, that's what's happening. Even mm-hmm. uh, Socialdemokraterna, who are, you know, really far from them in many questions. But still, they don't want to, you know, shake their hand or, you know, it's really collaborate like the with political them. political climate, like, not only in the parliament, but also, like, here mm-hmm. among us normal Outside people. Outside in the, you know, yeah, on the streets. Such, like, you can't... You can't have different opinions. If you're a Sweden Democrat, oh, then I can't talk to you. It's really sad that it has to be like that. Like, why can't people, like, if you're so sure in your own, like, ideology or opinions, then you should have no problem sitting down with another person and talk about, yeah, I, I'm, I'm having these opinions and views because of this and this, and I think it should be this and this. And then you can see what you think. Mm. Why should it be so hard? That That's, like, the most disturbing thing to me. 
really what it tells me when a person is so against someone that to the point that they don't want to talk to them, they don't want to sit at the next table with them or have anything to do with them who share uh, or who who uh, has an opinion uh, opposite of theirs. It doesn't tell me that they're sure of their ideolo- ideolo- ideological beliefs, mm-hmm. if that's the right. It tells me the opposite of them. Mm-hmm that they are so unsure in what they stand for and how to deal with people who think opposite of them, that they just they can't handle They can't handle it and they just flee the scene, basically. I'm very sure in my beliefs and I can back up anything I say, or anything mm. I think of, you know? Uh, so I have no problem with another person who thinks opposite of me or or who share or has or who has opinions that I think are repulsive mm-hmm. and disgusting mm-hmm. it can be anything um, because I'm sure of what I stand for and what I believe and I can back it up so when a person acts like that I I start to question you know their their sense of security in themselves and their and their beliefs like on paper it seems like a conservative would have that kind of ideology and thinking i'm right and the other people's are wrong i'm not going to listen to them but it's actually nowadays you see more like left leaning people doing that and yeah talking about that yeah, like like uh, you mentioned if a person has a different opinion than you then they're completely wrong and i, d- I just want to cut off like i noticed during the whole like last year blm everything i just i don't want to go to the blm area but uh this is related to that i mm-hmm. saw a lot of people post on their stories because the political landscape became very por- polarizing so i saw some people post on their stories hey if you believe in a certain policy and then you're not my friend, just unblock me or I'll block you, whatever. And I felt that, that that's something really wrong because I learned about this. I used to think kind of like that as well. But then uh, I learned through this guy, do you know Daryl Davis? He's like this uh, African-American guy and he converted 200, more than 200 KKK members I know, I know who is. to give yeah. up their KKK yeah. memberships mm-hmm. and stop thinking that way. And just, he didn't do anything. He didn't protest. He, he didn't beat them up just by being friends and talking to them. Mm-hmm. And when I listen to his story, I'm like, that's the most extreme thing. Like, they're completely opposite to each other. It's not like, oh, you're, uh, it's not like uh, a disagreement in taxes or immigration. That's completely like the KKK don't want you like African-American to exist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they don't even think you as a human. Mm-hmm. And that guy was so open-minded, Daryl Davis, that just by talking to them, they're like, he converted 200 people. And that's how you change people's minds, not in, by ignoring them, but actually confronting them with facts and sitting down and talking to them in a civil way. But I've seen a lot of my left-leaning friends when they're presented with something, an idea which is slightly more conservative idea than what they have, they're just completely shut off. No, you're completely wrong. This is... I'm not going to tolerate this policy. That's not the right way to do it. And it's a not. common, like, uh, what should I say, like, hate message you and I get is that we're, like, self-hating immigrants and that we've adapted racist, like, um, racist thinking into Against our Against ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why we're thinking as we're doing. And that's so interesting because a lot of uh, lefties, like, are, are always saying, like, yeah, they're more... How sh- how do you say like fatigued like oppressed. Um, um, yeah oppressed or unprivileged groups as women and immigrants should take more place in the in the debate and politics and when we do but we 
like aren't on their side, mm-hmm. then instead of um, confronting us with facts and discussing like the thing we're talking about, they're just like, oh, you're you're like a pick me and self hating who's uh, as we say in Sweden, house like. immigrant. Basically, for them, they love immigrants and they love women and they love everyone who doesn't have a, you know, Swedish ethnicity background. Uh, only if you agree with them. Mm. If not, they will use every racial slur, every, you know, um, bad thing you can say yeah. about the other that they would be against mm. if it was the other way around. Mm. But back to what you were saying about uh, about people Dar- not tolerating other yeah, ideas. Daryl Davis. Yeah, I thought about that the other day because I'm reading a, a book about Christianity and <laughs> the Orthodox Church and uh, just to understand like the Orthodox principles. Mm-hmm. And they talked about Jesus as a human. And they used this example that you were talking about, that in order for God to understand human beings, he had needed to become a human. Mm-hmm. So that's why Jesus was sent down to become one of us and understand us. Because how can you understand someone if you don't sit down with them and mm-hmm. talk with them as he did? You know, God, you, like the thing is, I don't have to be a leftist. I don't have to identify with them. But I need to understand how they think, you know, in order to coexist with them, in order to have a peaceful society. How can I do that if I'm just sitting above them or sitting away from them? Or, you know, God is sitting up here and the humans are sitting down there or the KKK is sitting in there wherever they live. And black people are, you know, Mm -hmm. they're far from each other, polarized. We have to meet in the middle and we have to talk and, you know, have a dialogue about things in a civil manner in order to understand each other and to in order to achieve something bigger. You know, which is co- to coexist in a society without being polarized and, and avoid this. If you think like that, unblock me or block me or unfollow me. Yeah, it's a really dangerous thing to do. Thing. It's a, such a dangerous mm-hmm. thing to do. We don't have to agree with each other. We don't have to be the same. It's really bad to be the same, I think. It's really boring. Yeah. You know, to think like everyone else is thinking. Me and Claire, we are really similar, but there are many things that we disagree on, but that's what makes us different. And that's what makes our friendship interesting, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I was just thinking about that one time in um, the, there was a podcast, maybe I shouldn't name them, but, and they have a like, no, name it, group. name it. I like, <laughs> yeah, I like it, people to just call out, yeah, I mean, say fuck big, you to them, it doesn't matter. It's a really big podcast, it's a Spock team, and there, uh-huh. it's this podcast about uh, two girls, they're really, like, they're, they're doing such a great podcast talking about, like, different horror Basically things. anything that is scary. It can be true crime, okay. it can be stalkers, it can be ghosts. Demons. Why do girls are so into that kind of shit? Like every girl I (laughs) I I talk to, they're like, oh yeah, I listen to this murder podcast. I I watch like YouTube videos about criminal minds. Why? What's with girls and (laughs) doing that shit? I thought it was something that everyone was interested in until I met my boyfriend. I was like, do you want to watch this murder documentary? He's like, no, why the fuck would I want to watch that? I was like, it's so fun. It's like a (laughs) psycho. (laughs) (laughs) So I watched it with Clarence. No, sorry. No problem. So it was this incident when um, Paolo Roberto got caught for um, buying sex buying sex yeah and it was a really big thing and then they wrote out on their Facebook page like yeah if you like agree with Paolo Roberto and like think that prostitution is okay you should never listen to our podcast again and blah, blah, wasn't blah, blah. it like if you think that um 
prostitution should be legalized. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and then I just comment, like I said, I as an like I'm, I'm quite conservative. I don't think it should be legalized. Although there are people like from a liberal point of view that think it should be legalized for getting better conditions for the girls to help the girls because girls are yeah the for this and here. that reason. Yeah. yeah, and then they were like so mean to me and really unpleasant they said unpleasant things to me like yeah you're this and this and you don't know anything and I was sorry who was mean to you these girls that had a podcast podcast. Mm -hmm. which they are really a big podcast you were on the podcast no 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 no. I just commented Uh okay okay like I said I'm I don't I don't want to legalize prostitution uh But, but but take into the consideration that there are people who think like that and they yeah because podcast, of they basically. want to make the conditions for like the girls better like not because oh yeah we like buying sex like mm. it's not of that mm. reason and they like it was like they didn't even read my like read the they things just completely I said. shut you off yeah and when we talked about a political landscape that's that's how it looks it's either either you think like me and if you have the slightest opposition. Or not even the slightest opposition. If you have an opposition, then don't talk to me even. You know? How can you get somewhere with that mentality? I don't yeah. understand. Even when I, like, explain why those people think as they do, because they want, like, the Useman offer. Like the victims. Oh, yeah. In this case, the girl. Like, they want to make the conditions for the victims better. It's like, so, no, you're you're stupid. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay. The, the, my aim and my goal is not to change anyone's mind, you know? Uh, in most things uh, when I have a discussion with anyone or a dialogue or an exchange of thoughts I accept most of the times or every time that I'm probably not going to change this person's mind you know it takes a long time for someone to you know reflect and you know think am I really thinking right or am I really right because it's a question of pride and you know of identity and such but what I wanted to get to is that That shouldn't be the goal, you know, or the aim of having a dialogue. It's just just be what it is, a dialogue and an exchange of thoughts, understanding where the other person is coming from and leave it at that, you know, and keep it civil. It shouldn't be a matter of proving who is right and who is wrong. Mm. Just understand why why I'm thinking like this, because as the example with the with Daryl and the KKK members, they probably saw him as a human being after that, after hearing him. Mm. People, many people, they just see me as a stupid, racist, pick-me, you know, ignorant girl. But I'm sure that if all of them had just a talk with me and just we we had a civil conversation, I wouldn't change their mind, but they would see me as a human and as, you know, a valid person with valid arguments and valid uh, opinions. Mm -hmm. And that's what matters because then you uh, dismantle this polarized uh, political landscape, which should be the goal. Yeah, 99.99% of the time when you're having an argument with a person online, neither of you are going to get convinced by the other point. You're not going to change your point of view. You're just there to spew out your point, and then mm-hmm. they're just there to... You barely swirl. listen to what yeah, they have to say. Yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. there to to communicate what you think, mm-hmm. you know, and not to open up to... Yeah, yeah. that's the problem. Like, you didn't even want to listen to other mm-hmm. people, and then it's, like, pointless. <gasps> yeah. And, like, it's the same thing when people make the argument of uh, any taboo subject, whether it's drugs or teaching kids sex ed. Like, you cannot just label something taboo and just ignore it. Like, the problem is going to go away. Mm -hmm. So, taking the same thing as the KKK and Daryl Davis. Daryl Davis, before meeting those people, he probably thought uh, KKK people are just, like, animals Mm -hmm. and uh, they're not good people. While the KKK had the same amount the same mindset about him 
and when they came together and actually exposed each other uh, exposed themselves to each other's ideas then they realize okay we can find a common ground mm-hmm. but when you just completely ignore something the problem doesn't go away mm-hmm. and you have to face the problem voluntarily to actually find a solution exactly i agree Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an idiot <laughs> who listens to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> no, don't say that. So, do you guys consider yourselves fe- feminists? No, I don't. And I've been very clear with this many times in my, you know, TikTok and that depends on the definition. Yeah, pe- different people have different definitions. Well, the thing with me is that I don't care about the definition. Uh whether it's the official that that you believe in the a equal in between men and women and what a social and political and economic mm-hmm. all this okay that i think that men and women should be equal in these fields is something obvious for me i don't need a label for that that's the first thing uh it's the same with you know i think many people are against murder and against rape and against many bad things it's not necess- it's not um you don't need to I don't label need to yourself lab- anti murder and exactly, rapist yeah exactly it's obvious <laughs> The second reason is that uh feminism has gotten such a bad connotation lately. Some people can argue well that doesn't change the meaning of it. Yada yada yada. Social democracy has a whole different meaning than what it is today. Many people don't want to call themselves social democrats for that. There are people who do. Jan Emanuel is a example. If you don't know about him you should really check him out. Mm-hmm. Or he speaks Swedish so that's unfortunate mm-hmm. but he's a really like he's a social democrat but he has really good values mm-hmm. and you know He ha- he admits that you know so- social democracy has changed in Sweden and they're not what they stand for yeah. originally but he's still but there are people who don't there are many social democrats who have come to SD's side and whatnot the fact of the matter is movements ideologies ideas they change over time because that's how human nature works same thing with feminism uh it's not the same as what it was uh 100 years ago 20 years ago now it's about you know promoting casual sex to young girls promoting girls to open a only fans account and exposing your body basically uh you know prostitution online for for pictures art about period blood on the subways you know we pay tax money for for period art in mm-hmm. the subways and that's what feminism has come and in 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 stock in the region of stockholm they were talking about um feministic snow shoveling like we should, what is that we should prioritize to take away the snow from the from the bicycle lanes first then the then where people drive cars because there are mostly men who drive cars oh, you know okay. what what in the hell actually there are women who suffer really from you know oppression even in Sweden why are t- why are you talking about who drives a car or not 250,000 women suffer from how do you say here the trick misogyny yeah hmm. but uh But like especially um, but like the cultural belief of um, the honor, families honor, are, honor mm-hmm. culture honor mm-hmm. killings mm-hmm. these things yeah I think that's the real problem and if you address it then people would just call you a racist but I think quite the opposite you're a racist you're a racist if you Ignore don't them. address these problems because it's mostly immigrant women that suffer from this back to what I was saying like feminism is not the same as it was before if you really were about the equal opportunities or whatever it is that feminism really is if you were about that then you would do something about that you would you would fight for those women instead you pick these many fights that have no impact in reality and now I'm talking for the majority I know that there are some women who refer to themselves as feminists that do really you know amazing work and they really stand for what I stand for 
So, you know, <laughs> no hate towards them or anything, but that's just the reason why I don't call myself feminist. Also, a lot of these feminists that claim to be, you know, all for women and whatnot, they are really mean and really condescending towards oh. women who don't share their opinions, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a common factor with leftist uh, or who, people who share leftist belief is that, oh, we love you and, you know, acceptance and tolerance for everyone and love for everyone unless you uh, disagree with us. And uh, so many times I've been called like a pick me girl. <laughs> Which is, for those who don't know, a girl who changes her behavior in order to get attention from a man. Which is like really... Like a good version of a simp. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's exactly what it is. Which is so funny because I hate... Not hate, that's a strong word, but I really dislike uh, when girls act like this. But it's really condescending to tell me as a free-thinking woman that my identity and my beliefs is just to get attention from men. How unfeministic can you be mm. than that more fe- unfeministic can you be than that to tell me that all that i'm doing all that i'm believing all my experience that have led to this point is just to get attention from men mm. i could care less about what men think about me you know the only man i care to, who thinks about me is god mm. and jesus you know i couldn't care what my brother or my dad thinks about me when it comes to mm. politics you know and you're here telling me i want attention from men mm. <laughs> i couldn't care less you know and I have a, I have a really like a healthy relationship right now. And God knows, and everyone knows that it was not because I told him the first day, you know what? Just so you know, I'm not a feminist. And then he was like, Yeah, yeah, that's fine. You're my girl now. <laughs> that's not how it works, you know. Yeah, I believe that I believe in the the right to equal opportunity. Like men and women should have equal opportunity, but not equal outcome. You cannot force. Exactly. In a science class, mm-hmm. five female and five males, they should have the uh, the right. Exactly. And then there's actually like Sweden is one of the most egalitarian societies where they're the most equal societies. They give the most equal opportunities. And it maximize the differences. Yeah, and maximize the differences. Jordan Peterson, my man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, I don't know if you've seen the video when he had a tour of Sweden and then he was talking to and, the Swedish some minister. Yeah. yeah, and then she, she really was dumbfounded. She's she like, made a fool of herself. Yeah. It's so funny because these like left feminists, they they don't address like they no they like totally, deny they totally deny the the differences between men and women mm-hmm. like the biological differences. I mean, if you don't address that and like think yeah we should have uh, as many like women in technical uh, like works and mechanics mm-hmm. yeah. as we have men and as many men as nurses. Then we have a big problem. Like you can't think like that. Like also, like like Jordan Peterson. Why I like him is because he speaks from research, like actual facts. And then one of the thing is that feminists, like traditional feminists, talk about how there's a wage gap between men and women. But if you look at the job person, like men are more willing to work long hours. Men are more willing to work dangerous jobs. Mm-hmm. And you don't see any women plumbers or you don't see any women construction workers, even though. Women in construction work are getting paid more than men for the same work. Mm. It's mostly, I think it's in like the stripper industry and the construction are the only two fields where women actually get paid more than men for the same work. But also like believe that both can have, I mean, I believe if some two people are doing the exact same job, they should be getting paid the same amount. But you cannot just paint the brush on everyone. Hey, men are just getting paid more and women are doing the exact same job. Men are also more not. likely to compare, like to 
walk into to their boss's office and like uh, require more of a salary than women are. Yeah. Well, there are many factors that. Yeah, there are so many these, factors. Yeah. Yeah, that these feminists don't take into account. A few of those that you mentioned, and uh, like what the what the government and what like the the left leaning parties are you know doing is that they're like I don't know what it's called in English, but they're. Quotiering, yeah. which is that um, if you apply to the same job with the same experience mm-hmm. and education, then they would pick destiny over you, even if you're like the slightest better mm-hmm. because she's a woman. Yeah, and yeah. that if something I was think is unfeministic because like you're thinking that a woman can't like do the job herself mm-hmm. and she needs help. Like I want to be picked to a job or to a school or whatever because I'm the best and yeah. I am the shit, you know. Not because I'm a woman. Based on merit, not based exactly. on your gender. And I, f- and I found that very disturbing with the uh, new elected president and vice president in the States. First Indian, first African-American. Why, why do you care about that with Kamala Harris then? Why is that interesting where she, where she comes from? Why is it interesting what sex she is? You should have voted for her because you think she's going to kick ass. You know, now I don't think she's going to do that, but <laughs> that's why you should have voted for her. And that's why you should be happy. We have a good vice president now, not we have a Indian president now or not. We have a vice president or we have a, you know, from African-American descent or I think Jamaican. I, I'm not sure <laughs> that shouldn't whatever she's from, that shouldn't be in focus. It's really disturbing, I think, that they are so obsessed with sex and ethnicity. Yeah, mm-hmm. that devalues her was my competence. <sighs> It kind of feels like politics, politicians made this whole plot up that so people don't think about or people don't judge their policies or what they're actually doing. Just they 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 want the general public to focus on other things like mm-hmm. which don't really matter, like gender, ethnicity exactly. or whatever. Exactly. Totally. But also if I should get like a little bit of liberal in here, like the... Is it my queen dominated? Women dominated, like women dominated, or female dominated, female dominated, like jobs are mm-hmm. often like in education in and healthcare. Yeah, and um, if you like, and the problem is, is it the statliga? Yeah, they're like run by the government. Mm-hmm. Like they're not mm-hmm. like exactly. not so many are privatized. And that's why that's also a big reason why they're getting like less salary. And the more you privatize, the more money these women would get. I also think like um, a better solution than quotiering, which is I can't figure out how to say in English. But quote up. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I like, know. Yeah, exactly. Just taking women, so we have as many women as men. Yeah. We don't care how how intelligent they are, or how good they are at doing their job. You know this thing. I read yesterday um, Saddam Kratna's plan to uh, like for solutions to boost the equality uh, between the genders in Sweden, and one really good uh, uh, suggestion I found was that the jobs that are female dominated, that instead of you know putting in more men there or vice versa, that because they're really underpaid, uh, female-dominated uh, works, we give them a better salary, you know. I think that is a more healthy solution to it than to ignore the biological differences between the sexes and to force other, like, uh, men into female-dominated and females into men-dominated just to, mm-hmm. to make it even, you know. Mm-hmm. Men are still not going to seek to become nurses as much as women are. Mm-hmm. So if you want to make it a desirable workplace and you want to boost women and you want to feel them more empowered, mm-hmm. give them a good check, them paycheck yeah. so they can feel empowered about it. 
Um, many people laugh when I say that one of the one of Sverdemokraterna's like most important areas in politics is equality. Ha oh, ha! Really? Yeah, it's Sverdemokraterna. They want the women in the kitchen. Oh, you want to go back to the 1800s? Oh, I see. I don't see any other, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, pol- pol- political party making these suggestions. They just want to, you know. Uh, put a blindfold uh, for all the you know differences between culture and gender and you know but that's quite interesting like from a liberal point of view for example let's say you're like an elite soccer football player as a girl and of course the as you may know the interests for female soccer isn't as big as for male like football mm-hmm. players should like the government then go in and pay them their salaries so they would be equal as men well, or should like the market settle that well the, the difference is that soccer players and nurses nurses are not on the market you know they're not yeah. paid by customers and you know yeah they're paid by the government but they pay, or like it's more go it can be more government uh regulated you know because soccer play they're paid by sponsors and by ads you know and ads they come from how many viewers you have you can't get viewers from your ass and you know just magically make them appear so that's a big reason why female soccer players don't get as well paid because no one wants to watch them because it has been shown many times that you know underage boys can can you know uh, beat them in in soccer games so Mm -hmm. there's a reason as as to why people don't watch them as much and it's not a gender like it's not because we hate women Mm -hmm. it's because it's not interesting to watch for many people i totally agree a comedian that i really like has the exact same example that women talk about oh there should be we should promote more women uh, football teams or like baseball teams while their stadiums are empty like if you're saying that if all women are saying okay we should promote them then go, go fill their stands them, yeah. yeah go exactly. watch them go pay them money yeah they don't they don't think it's uh, entertaining <laughs> themselves one of the weird things that i noticed maybe you can clear this up that when the feminist movement started it was one of the things was about how men sexualize and objectify women like maybe like having them naked or you know showing cleavage in movies or having like sexualized ads and stuff like that and feminism was said oh this these things are immoral and men shouldn't do that to us while now it's completely the opposite the same feminists are saying hey free the nipple and women should be only fans only fans and blah 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 yeah stuff like that What are your thoughts on that? The thing is, I don't care really what people do with their bodies. Mm-hmm. To be a little libertarian. Yeah, me as, neither. But it's yeah. hypocrite. Yeah, the it the hypocrisy is the yeah. is you the thing. I yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, like unless you don't hurt anyone else or mm-hmm. yourself, do what the heck you want. Mm-hmm. But don't tell me it's for something else than your own attention and your own satisfaction of getting likes and getting people to, you know, uh, to praise your body because that's all it is about i used to be one of those girls who would post half naked pictures in my underwear and bikinis on instagram until i realized because i had the thought that if i post pictures of my body maybe someday people will will you know they will ignore you know i will like uh, give inflation of uh, of the sexualization of of a body because it will be so out there that people won't find it in- interesting anymore mm-hmm. you know what i mean I can't change male biology, you know. I can't change what men find attractive and how their brain work. Yeah, we are horny creatures. <laughs> that's that's what it is, and you know, and I couldn't change the fact that whenever a guy would talk to me, it would always be centralized around my body. And, you know, I don't care if you as a woman want that, maybe you want that type of attention. That's up to you. That's very good for you. I don't. I want not only men, but 
anyone to see me for my brain, for my intelligence, for my you know, personality, whatever mm. it might be, not for my body, you know. And there are many other factors to why I don't do that anymore, you know. But that that was the main thing, and it is and it is hypocritical because they think that uh, you know, oh, I'm gonna put it out there so it doesn't become sexual anymore. Yeah, like if you do that, then you should do as um, this feminist Freya Lindberg. You know? Yeah, <laughs> because like she she's quite interesting. I mean, she is a lefty, but when she posts her picture on Instagram, she like nudes basically. She takes them as disgusting. Fr- it's from not flattering. Okay, I understand. I've pictures. seen pictures like that. Mm. Yeah, and I think. When she does it, I mean, uh, I don't like to watch those pictures, but you can call that feminist. I think you can say that you're desexualizing yeah. the, the female body when you do that. But if you're posing <laughs> in a sexy manner that you know is flattering and the, mm. that you know, you know, guys exactly. will look at and enjoy. Yeah, and then you can't ar- argue with me that it's feminism. That's the hypocrisy. Like, you do that if you want to, but don't argue for feminism. At one point, they're saying that women should be able to have their own choice how they want to sexualize themselves how they want to present themselves but at the same time those same women are saying hey if a per- if you see a skinny model on instagram don't believe what they're saying like you should spread more positivity mm-hmm. and then don't believe those girls who are like in a like who have photoshopped yeah. and then that's not okay what okay is accepting your body and stuff like that the thing is this, that whatever you do on social media, whether it whether it's, you know, posting yourself half naked, then be honest with it, you know. Mm. Tell me I do it because um, I feel sexy and I want other people to, you know, know that I'm sexy. Fine. Mm. You're honest now. Don't tell me it's because what I did, you know. Mm. Uh, give me another reason that like oh it's because no no don't don't sexualize you shouldn't you shouldn't sexualize me I should be able to post whatever I want without getting sexualized you know when you're sexualizing yourself knowingly mm-hmm. you know but that debate of like body positivity and like fat shaming like skinny shaming I think it's really interesting because like a lot of people promote obesity and like unhealthy lifestyles yeah and like some people really promote like having an uh what's it ed did you say that that's what's, what's mm-hmm. eating disorder yeah eating disorder mm-hmm. and like being too skinny and i really like this girl on instagram i can't remember her name right now because but she has like a really like healthy normal body and when she takes pictures like she takes them like not unflattering but not too flattering mm-hmm. either like mostly in bikinis and she shows off her acne and also talks about like different health care like tips to yeah to just be healthy and not to be skinny or my skin has to look beautiful or anything and i like that i really do that's real that's real yeah, yeah. Yeah, we should promote a healthy lifestyle. Of course. Doing, being too skinny is bad. Being too overweight mm-hmm. is bad. And we shouldn't say, oh, that's just positivity. Mm-hmm. I understand if you have an eating disorder, you have a mental health issue. If you're doing that, then uh, I sympathize with you and I hope you get better. But that doesn't mean you should promote that as something good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I see so much girls on TikToks like, what I eat in a day? And they're like eating less than 1,000 calories. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And a lot of people are adapting that and thinking that's normal as a girl. Like, no, ma- I saw a nutrition talking about this on YouTube. Like, no matter how much you you weigh or how old you are, you should never 
Well, like, I mean, if you're like 15 plus, at least not a child. As a woman, you should never go under 1,500 calories, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And people are like promoting so weird, uh, like weight uh, advice. And yeah, it's crazy. Okay, one more thing um, I wanted to bring up is uh, maybe you saw the news a couple of weeks ago that there's this trend on on TikTok where like there's a song and the girl is like dancing and then suddenly the song changes and there's like a silhouette and then the girl mm-hmm. is naked or yeah. in her lingerie. Yeah, it's and a red then, light. Yeah, the red light. And then some perverts managed to like remove that filter and they could oh, see. Really? Yeah, you didn't see the news? No. Oh so God. that thing, so the thing was these TikTokers are mostly underage and they're being they are being exploited but my so i had this argument with my friend that okay the people who are like pedophiles i, I will call them pedophiles that's what they are who are like exploiting these girls call them what they are yeah but but there is a responsibility on not the underage girl because she's underage she doesn't have the know about but her parents and society as well that we shouldn't promote that underage girls should be sexualizing themselves out in the open on the internet when we know the internet how it is and there are all kinds of people there and then so i was having this argument with my friend like she's a really good friend i love her but in this argument i was saying hey you cannot like there's an alleyway that's famous for stabbings you don't just go there without no weapon and when you get stabbed you're like hey i got stabbed it's really bad that i'm getting stabbed i shouldn't be getting stabbed yeah it is bad yeah but you have that's an idealistic point of view but you have to be realistic and reality is the internet is really bad and there you are, are going there. To, there are bad people out there and you have to take precautions yourself of course so what do you what is your opinion on a child sexualizing themselves on the internet it was it was kind of what i was saying before because i was i was under 18 when i was putting pictures of myself like in underwear <laughs> I'm not going to say like lingerie. It was like Calvin Klein underwear, so it's like pretty neutral. But still, I was also living this idealistic in this idealistic world that I should be able to post this without XYZ. Mm. But the reality is something different. And uh what was I going to say? Like it's, you know, you have to take responsibilities and you have to take uh, you have to take the consequences when they are due. You know, they are under age. I don't know what age, but I guess like 15. Yeah, above. 14, 15. I mean, they, they they perhaps couldn't, you know, predict this and they sure are don't deserve this. But, you know, you really can't be that stupid. You know, you have a working brain still. You know better than to post your body online like that. Mm. But also if all you see on social media is other girls doing yeah. the exact same thing, you will which, think is, it's normal. which is what I did also. Exactly. But, you know. Me as well. I also, you know, took responsibility and I took the consequences after that. You know, I can't be doing this anymore because it's not mm-hmm. healthy. It's not good. It's not what I want. You know, whenever I got consequences, you know, I didn't. What kind of consequences? It could be, you know, people sexualizing me to the extreme, uh, harassing me, and uh, you know, people not wanting to get to know me, not taking me seriously, mm-hmm. and uh, things like that. Oh, I'm going to show this to your future em- employer or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also an- another consequence was like the the self-worth that I felt which was like pretty non-existent like man like I don't want this is like really precious you know 
I think everyone's body is precious and it shouldn't be available for anyone. That's just what I think, you know, but people have different opinions for that. Some people, they want to show it to everyone. It's up to them. But for me, that was another consequence. So I have to take it, you know, I can't point fingers at the end of the day and say everyone was doing it. Okay, if everyone's jumping off a cliff, you got to jump off a cliff too. You know what's, what's waiting for you mm-hmm. if you jump. You know how gravity works. Mm-hmm. You know, the same way I know how the male brain works and I know how, how reality works, but I just decided to ignore it at the point, uh, at the point of time. Yeah, but experience taught me, and I, and I hope uh, experience will, will teach these girls in, in the softest way ever because I can't imagine how, you know, horrendous that is, and I can't either um, compare my consequences with theirs. Yeah, it's totally sad. Agree, totally. Yeah. It's, it's really sad what it has come to this, this, you know, feminist movement. And it's really gotten too extreme where, mm-hmm. you know, where you're promoting young, young girls to put themselves out there like that. Yeah, I remember when I was like 14, I was going to turn 15 that summer. And I was feeling like late with that I haven't lost my virginity yet. And like, yeah, I have to sleep around. I have to do this and this or else I'm not cool. And now, like, I'm like, what the fuck? Who told me that? Mm-hmm. Why did I believe such things? I think, like, hookup culture is created by, I don't know if it's created by, like, crazy feminists or guys that just want, like, easy girls. But it's crazy that we promote casual sex to such young women. Like, mm-hmm. it's okay, you, like, do whatever you want, but as long as long as you know what you're doing exactly. and the consequences for example the like the bi- biology between men and women are so different when it comes to casual sex as a as a woman you produce like oxytocin with, which makes you feel like 30 minutes after you like slept with someone you think you're in love with that person you feel a lot of trust yeah and, and it's like totally and also like biologically we can only produce one baby every 9 months but you as a man can impregnate like a girl every day I mean, that's just the biology, mm-hmm. and you can't deny that. We have, like, different, like, setups. Yeah. One of the factors could be that women's, like, biological reproduction clock is much lower than a man's. Mm-hmm. That's and also And then you kind of feel, like, under pressure. Hey, if I, it's like a woman's psychology is like, hey, I want to have a family or whatever before my clock run, time run, runs out. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, what I wanted to say was not to b- victim blame those girls who got exploited, but there's a difference between common sense and then <laughs> victim blaming. Like, I don't want to say, hey, you should wear a hijab and you go out. No, it's the why are men looking at you? The society shouldn't be like that. But there's a like I said before, there's a difference between how things should be and how things are, you know? Yeah. Another like going back to when I was in Pakistan, I don't want to wear, I want, I don't want to cover my hair when I go in the market. You know, like I, I can, I can go by the logic. Why should I? You know, um, why are gonna, why are men gonna look at me? Why are they gonna get aroused by my hair? You know, why is it like that? I can, I can, you know, put all those questions. You're not gonna help anywhere. You know, fact of the matter is that, you know, this is how things are, mm-hmm. and either I accept it or I <laughs> face the consequences which I were aware of. And especially underage, whether it's boys or girls, they're like, we don't let them vote. We don't let them drive a car. We don't let them have alcohol. But now you're suggesting we should let them do whatever they want with their bodies on the internet. Like, that sounds crazy to me. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't think like anyone is directly promoting it, but you can't undermine the indirect promotion of it. You know, because when you see other people doing it and you see that they're being successful, that's an indirect promotion of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what we should be paying attention to is the image and the perception of 
of doing these things, sexualizing yourself on the internet. Because as I said, there's no one saying, do this, do this, everyone, all mm -hmm. young girls, please do it. And it's going to be great if you do it. You know, it, it comes indirectly and subconsciously, maybe, you know, to them. And uh, it's hard to... I think it's gonna. It's hard to regulate that. You know who can show what because if a uh, if a woman of uh, of age is doing it, then she can. You know, but uh, like who who who? How can we control what underage girls who who underage girls follow on Instagram and and the likelihood of them doing like uh, repeating their. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, my suggestion is not to like really force them or anything, but the parents can just give them that knowledge of okay this is uh, what you should do like i mean we control all other stuff that underage people do like i said we mm -hmm. ban them from doing a lot of stuff why can't we just teach them okay okay to them for underage kids like underage girls doing that they might not know what are the bad consequences about that but as adults we know that okay if they're being more open about their bodies but then in the future they could look back and regret that decision like you said you had a different image and then you were posting different different images but now as an adult you have become more mature you know about more about the consequences and you might regret that so we can not force but at least teach them and open the conversation with them mm -hmm. hey this is if you do this this is what's going to happen yeah yeah i think Parents today, especially like Swedish parents, are way too afraid addressing different problems with their kids because they're scared of scaring them away. Mm -hmm. My mom was kind of strict and she like took my phone a lot of times when I was underage and like to see who I was messaging. And maybe that's like too far and invading someone's privacy. But like now I know I did it because she cared about me. She was scared maybe and someone groomed me or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. Am I a lot of parents like don't even talk to their kids about the possible dangerous stuff they they could meet on the internet i also think uh, a good uh, solution could be uh, talking about it in school in sex ed or in you know whatever other class i'm really about enforcing things in school like talking about different matters in school such as abortion and these things also because if we don't talk about it and we just like uh, shove it under the rug or whatever you say then how will they know? They're gonna, I mean, they're gonna know some part of it, but some consequences you can't predict, such as what happened to these girls with the silhouette thing. Um, so yeah, I think uh, you could also talk about it in the school, like the teachers like tell people like, or tell the, the, uh, the children what the consequences are on the internet, because I don't think there could be any law, you know, restricting underage girls to no. post naked pictures mm. of themselves, you know, mm. that would be weird. I mean, those apps can, restrict them but at the same time why would they that's not profitable for them <laughs> yeah i mean tiktok is weird because they have many restrictions and many policies but there seem to be very few for underage girls shaking their ass on you know instagram mm -hmm. which is very you know tempting to pedophiles and uh, to other people who shouldn't be watching that you know mm -hmm. of course to me it's just you know another girl shaking her ass and i mm -hmm. and i just scroll mm -hmm. scroll past it but because it's normalized I, yeah, but, but but i mean like uh, to another to an older man who enjoys watching small girls that can be really dangerous to anyone who who is uh, the wrong person to uh, to see that what's up with these swedish laws like uh did you hear how a pedophile got caught and now he's being released really soon? I have heard a lot of those yeah. cases. I, when you said this pedophile, I, I thought you meant this 20-year-old guy who, like, was convicted for over 
I think 200. 200, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I mean. And then... Uh, his, his, what happened? His uh, sentence got reduced to, I think, uh, seven years. Mm. Seven and a half years. Yeah, someone like calculated that. that each sentence is just a week yeah. punishment. That's because we have something called strafrabat in Sweden. It's, uh, like if, good behavior? and No, it's uh, the more the more crimes you do, mm. it's like going to get reduced to like uh, uh, to like a smaller sentence. Mm-hmm. If Because he had like over, over 200 times, right? If he was, uh, you know, convicted separately for each each time, he would get a really long sentence, you know, which should be the real case. Yeah, it's not in Sweden because we have strafrabat. Basically, the more crimes you commit, it's like when you when you go shopping, you get, get a discount. Yeah, you get more. get the get the take free paper too. Sounds so ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah. And by the way, Sverigedemokraterna and, and they want to take this away. Mm. And also uh, his age, that he's young and and he's twenty years. The hell, how's that young? No, You're no, I adult. mean like that that uh, like some uh, rättsväsende. The court. Yeah, the court kind of. Ah, oh, he's, he's learned. He's he young, has his whole life ahead of him. To be, get more discount because he's young. And But in my opinion, <laughs> like youth, yeah. youth, youth discounts, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. directly tra- uh, translated. But the thing is, if you're old enough to commit crimes, then you're old enough to take the to take the time. <laughs> yeah, take if the you time. don't want to, I guess sit the time. Don't do the crime. <laughs> yeah, in that way, I guess Saudi Arabia and Iraq kind of countries do good. They just kill the person off. <laughs> <laughs> But I I'd, uh, I truly believe that either like kill them off or like chop off their balls or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because they're not gonna change. Not gonna change. Also, uh, Sveriges Demokraterna. I'm promoting their politics a lot here, but <laughs> you know, I just because it's relevant. They also believe in chemically castr- castrating mm-hmm. um, pedophiles and um, rapists. Yeah, there were some talks in Pakistan as well in recent developments where, mm-hmm. and most of the country is uh, for it, but. I wouldn't understand anyone being against something like that such a, for such a heinous crime. Right. But it's weird in these kind of situations. Like, I remember I had this talk on in my global politics. We had this debate where some people were, uh, there was a terrorist attack and then people were, the government in that country was debating whether they should uh, have the death penalty back. And then some people were like, yeah, They should have it back, and then people, some people were like, "No, they shouldn't have it back." But that's like, uh, yeah, that's a controversial, you can say, idea. Where if a person takes another person's life, do they still deserve their life or not? I think we shouldn't play God in that matter to to decide whether we have the right to take someone else's life or not. And also, how can you be like a hundred percent sure that? this thing happened because there's been a lot of cases where they're like murder has been proven to be innocent like yeah. after so many years yeah 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 but yeah. It's, it's, i think it's more like we shouldn't we shouldn't act god and it's not in our hands as humans uh to to take such a important decision also i think that if someone is uh responsible for such a horrendous crime that they should suffer all their life You know, death is the easy way out. They're exactly. they're gonna yeah. escape from it's all the easy. from they're gonna escape from all the pain and from yeah. all the you know suffering, and we're gonna give them you know the easy way. Make them suffer. Yeah, <laughs> make them regret their whole lives what they did, and make them you know feel Ev- the pain. Every year, take off a little part of their body. <laughs> Start with their pinky, take it off. Next year, come back, and then take off the other finger. <laughs> make them torture. Make them suffer. Well, maybe not that hard, but uh, I think they should definitely be locked up in a cell. 
if they did something horrible and you know be forced to uh, so they did something wrong and then just letting them live off taxpayers money yeah that's also quite interesting <laughs> mm-hmm. that they live off tax people's money but still i don't know because you can never be 100% sure I in certain cases, the problem is that we have like too low. Um, some ter- some places, sometimes you can be hundred percent sure. There are a lot of advanced DNA technology mm. where you can really yeah, prove. You know. Yeah, you can watch a video of the person doing the act mm-hmm. or something like that. Plus, also, if we go in that direction, then it's also the question about what was the person's circumstances? Were they forced to kill someone? Were did they do it out of because of money? Or was something threatening them or threatening their family? And then, I mean, well, I it's, think, it gets complicated. You're right. Think, yeah. So many aspects. Yeah. Like I was listening to this uh, podcast yesterday and this journalist who went to Iraq and Syria and she interviewed victims of ISIS and also former ISIS I members. She's English, right? She, uh, uh, Australian. Uh-huh. Australian and American. She recently came out with a book. And then... We have this notion of ISIS, all these like crazy extremists, like uh, with extreme Islamic view and these jihadists. And then they're going willingly shouting Allahu Akbar and they want this Islamic state and they don't like the Western ideology. And then they want to oppress people. They want to kill anyone who's not with them. But then when this journalist was talking about her research, like a lot of the time, when they talked with suicide bomber or whatever, they were doing it because if they didn't do it, their family, their daughter, their mother are going to get raped and sold off as slaves or whatever. So in that case, that's... Human beings are not capable... You're right. Human beings are not capable of judging something. Like what kind of punishment do they deserve because they were put in a position. I guess you can also connect it to how the Nazis were like one out of what, three or six people in Germany was a Nazi. Yeah, but most of them were also just doing it because if they didn't, if they weren't a Nazi, they were gonna gonna get sent to camps. So what choice do you have? Do you become the hero and then take the higher moral ground that no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my stand whether my daughter gets taken away or not or do you or is it it is easier just to comply uh, okay i'm doing it because uh, human beings have this will to survive and yeah, then yeah, they yeah. will do anything to survive and live and i i completely agree that we don't know the circumstances uh, all the time 100% but i feel like uh whether or not they were forced to comply to the norm or to whatever horrendous crime that they were doing regardless we are not in the position to to play God, you know, mm. or to decide over someone's life. If it's meant for them to die, they're going to die. If the, if it's meant for them to suffer, they sure will suffer. Like, whether you believe in karma or whether you believe in God or whatever spiritual teaching, they're going to get it back some way or another, you know. Mm. But I don't think it should be enforced by humans because how are we better if we, you know, commit the same thing, if we kill a killer, you know. That's really interesting, like, uh, with, with ISIS, uh, when it was, like, this big debate, how, like, if you should take them back, like, the ones from Sweden uh, that went there, and then when it all ended, they wanted to come back. Like, how, how should we do? Should we take them back? Should we not? Should we put them in prison? Uh, it was a really big debate. And the thing is, I, as many other, saw them as, like, crazy 
extremist people that like should not should not at all have like a place to stay in when they come to Sweden. They should like either go to prison or like stay there. Yeah, stay there. Mm-hmm. But when I watched uh, this series Caliphate, have you watched it? It's on Netflix. I heard about. It, I haven't watched yeah. it yet. It really, got, it really gave good. me like a different point of view. Like it made me like feel empathy for some of them because it it's been like it was in a magnet's farch marketed yeah like for these like little girls that were like 14 years old people marketed the Hell the no. caliphate like yeah we have this beach and you will stay in this really nice <laughs> hotel and you can go home whenever you want and it's so nice here and when they went there was like totally different i have no sympathy for them i feel like, I, i feel like if you fell for that you're completely stupid I feel like, you know, many people think, uh, especially with the like ISIS wives that are now coming back to Sweden with their children that they that they got there. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, they were brainwashed. They were here and there and they didn't know about the killings. They didn't know about the horrendous things that they were committing over there. How come we knew and, and they didn't? Mm-hmm. Did we not live in the same time? Did, did we not, you know, live around the same people? Did you live completely isolated from us? Of course, you know, it's impossible to not know what ISIS was doing, that they were beheading, mm-hmm. you know, infidels, that they were uh, drowning them and burning them up. And <laughs> you're meaning wives that stayed there. Yeah, Or, that they were brainwashed, that they didn't know, that they thought that they were just going to be there and cook, and they, they just thought that they were going to be wives. They knew exactly what was going on. And if, uh, you It depends know. on when they went. Like, if they went after a few years when they heard about what's happening, or if they went, like, in the beginning, I think. Difference. Since the, that reminds me of what an, uh, the journalist also said, that the people who were already in that region like iraq and like a lot of them became isis out of force but a lot of like all the foreigners that came in they came willingly mm-hmm, and yeah. then the, i want to know who was the the market person for isis they did a really good job yeah, promoting yeah, everything yeah, but you should really watch that series it's so uh-huh. interesting like how there was this one person but they surely had like a lot of person that worked as a marketer and how he in different ways like he had like different identities like one was Um, as like an extra teacher at school mm-hmm. uh, for like p- uh, kids in like 14, 15 years old or 13 and how he like very close uh, like slowly and like talked them into going by different like tactics it's so interesting and I could totally like understand those underage girls they thought like they, they needed something to identify with uh, that I can understand with, because that's a that's a result from you know poor integration and uh, at a polarized society if they felt that they be- belong in sweden that they felt a sense of belonging to the swedish community it, they would have never yeah. even considered mm. going to syria and you know being a part of a caliphate or some exactly. bs like that so that is a direct consequence of the failed integration of uh, foreign people coming to sweden mm. and they were probably second generation but you know they get the ideas from the parents who have come here and who felt feel left out because it's the same uh, metaphor that you used that you invite or no it was you that you invite homeless people to your home and it, look, and it looks good to, to the rest of the world oh, you're so good they're taking in all these homeless people but you're putting them in one room and you're not letting them to you know eat with the family of course you're going to feel a hatred to this family like why so why aren't you inviting me in you know you took me in for what for for you to feel good about yourself 
you know? It's like that character, the, that one girl, she already had this hatred towards, like, Swedes, or hatred is maybe too strong, but she felt like, yeah, Swedes are so uh, racist to us, and they don't know how we have it in the suburbs, and then was, like, so easy for this marketer to infiltrate her. But the thing is, her family was actually really integrated, and her dad actually prohibited her from uh, uh, wearing the hijab. Mm, it's crazy what human beings wouldn't do just not to feel lonely. <laughs> Yeah. It's only... We have a really uh, strong, like, herd mentality. Yeah, we just want a sense of belonging in every single thing that we do in life, our interests, our hobbies, everything is to make other people like us and to have a sense of belonging. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this was a really good discussion. Me too. Yeah, it was really interesting. I'm really happy with it. This is what my fifth podcast, and I think I'm getting canceled right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get canceled just by from inviting us too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, but no, no, no. You like you're smart people. Like I think. Thank you. Uh, I don't know. I think you would agree that all of us believe that human beings should have the liberty and freedom to do whatever they want, as long as they're not hurting or forcing other people to. Follow their beliefs. There's a lot of gray area there. Yeah, it's a lot of gray area. I mean, to to a certain extent, you you would have to explore that more. Mm-hmm. Like where you're hurting someone for me is maybe not the same for destiny. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I wouldn't maybe I wouldn't consider being hurt in the same way she would. Like for know? example, we disagreed on the uh, language thing. Uh, in my opinion, mm-hmm. like you you shouldn't demand uh, that you speak Swedish for mm-hmm. citizenship. But in like, if we talk about that argument, like hurting someone, in Destiny's point of view, maybe you're hurting the Swedish society by mm. not getting integrated enough mm. to speak the language. And in the long run, you will hurt yourself because you're not feeling included. Mm. But in, in, in Clara's point of view, maybe you're not hurting anyone directly. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So there's a lot of gray zone and a lot to be explored. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. even if we like come together in that meaning we can still think differently and that's mm. that's beautiful in one kind yeah. of way i mean it would yeah. be very boring to sit here and discuss nothing if if we all like totally agreed on every yeah. like, single thing like most things are gray not black and white and then i don't know why we try to assume or why we try to present things that's just black and white this is right or wrong when yeah. s- there are different kinds of people there are different kind of ideologies and everything there well yeah. Thank you so much for coming today. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Do you guys want to promote your socials, TikTok, or? Sure. You can follow me on Instagram, Destiny Amin. Uh, Amin spelled A M I N, and on TikTok, Destiny Amin. Amin spelled A M E E N. Yeah, I'm only active on Instagram, but I don't post as much political stuff as I did before. But uh, the name is uh, Clara Rakic and Clara with a K. Rakic spelled R R A K R R A K E I C. I was really hard spelling. No, I'll I'll put it in the description yeah, as well. Thank you. Yeah, but yeah, thank you guys for coming. Thank yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Peace be upon you all. Bye bye. Listen to mom. <laughs> Listen to mom. <laughs>